Do you think you are more of a Miley Cyrus fan or more of a Hannah Montana fan? It's it's such a good question because I think I like Miley Cyrus more overall, but I don't know that that she ever got as good as the first Hannah Montana single. The, You're right. The I can't wait to wow. see you again. That, that song's fucking epic. Hannah Montana had some yeah. hits. I'm a big Jack, Jackson Montana the guy, the, oh, you're the, right. Her you're like right, brother right, on the show, right, who, right. by the way, is like forty something fucking years old. He was like, he's like thirty five <laughs> when he's like playing that role. It's like uh, that Steve Milanakis guy, they, Andy, Mil- Andy, Andy Milanakis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Andy Milanakis. Yeah, they just don't age. Yeah, <laughs> the hell, man. Let's get it, fucking Miley Cyrus. Here we go. On listen to this. That's well, already, <laughs> already. <laughs> it's. I think the song is popular because that piano sounds so good. It does. That dream I'm dreaming, but there's a voice inside my head It's like a lot of the that great like country pop reverb tale. Every move I make feels like we listen, you and I are big Casey Musgraves fans, but she kinda jacked some of this style. It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And this came out a little bit before she was doing that thing great underscore with the, yeah. the strings dude so country yeah wow. yeah that guitar coming yeah. in great panning on that guitar yeah. it's so, so big i feel like there's so many so much information that's creating a build right it's the climb man mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> This song's amazing. Right. <laughs> I think the drums sound good too. It's, nice, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got that Nashville sound where there sounds like there are like eight different types of acoustic string instruments. They're big, dude. Yeah. But it sounds like one coming mm-hmm. at you. Which is really cool. I need to ask you how they do that. But these are the I like Miley as a vo- vocalist too, because not only is she a slightly better singer, I feel like she knows how to how to be dramatic. You're she right. knows how to perform. It's all the acting. vocal part. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know the lineage. Right, right. <laughs> and it's like this chorus is even bigger. They added like oh that bass little bass yeah, right dude. there. Woo, woo. You know who's never lost, though? Miley Cyrus. You're right. She's like, sometimes I'm going to have to lose. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're right. <laughs> it's like not a ton of backup vocals, which I think is interesting. I think it's because it's like hard to, to sing with somebody who's got that voice. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <sighs> nice, like, cool, well-written guitar lead. Sounds like it could be uh, slide. Yeah, yeah. What I like about this track is it sounds like it could be a Radiohead song off the bends. That second, right, like with with high and dry and like fake plastic trees. Oh, this part's the best. (laughs) Dream theater, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast in which we explore songs we like. 
We research what they mean, how they're recorded, why they're written, why we like them, why they sound like dream theater, and why you should listen to this. Like, could you imagine in that session, they're like, what don't, would, what don't. Would, yeah, like, what would John Petrucci do right here? Yeah, they would, they, it's like, these Nashville dudes, like, love to get after it. Like that though. It's oh like, yeah, dude, they're good. Yeah, man. exactly. We I want to. We got to start. It's like that's the first question before I even do the little thing about the song. Like, how does a session go in Nashville? Like you've done one before, right? Yeah, definitely. So like, let, let's talk about how crazy it is. How good these fucking musicians are. It is so yeah fast. People, how good these guys are. People might not know, but essentially, like, there's like the the band leader. Yeah. Like, well, what'll happen sometimes is like the artist will come in or whoever wrote the song and we'll play the song on acoustic guitar and sing. The band leader will write a chord chart in minutes yeah, while the song's done. going out. Yeah. They they copy it. They give it to all the musicians. They talk for a second and then they cut like three takes and then they're fucking done. Yeah, they'll do like nine or ten songs. Yeah, exactly. And they, it's the, ama- the ability to remember where they need to patch up is crazy. Like, I remember when I did my first like couple sessions up there, I was just like mystified because like we do like a great take of the song. I'd be like, that felt pretty good. And then afterwards, the like the pedal steel guy would be like, yeah, I need to run f- 54 and 55 down again. But then it's I'm pretty good. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, he, they know the bar yeah. measures. Yeah, These guys are geniuses. And it's like they can play. It's like they always have magic. Sometimes they get it better than other times, but they're never bad. No, never bad. Yeah. Um, and you can tell on this track, it's definitely like the best of the best. The best like, of the best, yeah. Th- the playing is so clean. It's so pristine. You're getting what you get. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's so cool that they probably knocked this tra- track out in like an hour or two. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, they don't do a lot of takes. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. When yeah, you're you got to start paying them for more takes. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about The Climb by Miley Cyrus, released on March 5th, 2009. Wow, it seems like so long ago. Yeah. And only yesterday. Yeah. LeBron on the Cavs for the first time. Wow. Is that 09? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think wow. so. Um, the song peaked at number four on the charts, number one in our hearts. It, <laughs> it was certified a couple months later as triple platinum, which Jeez. is a lot. It was written by Jesse Alexander and John Made, and the song was produced by John Shanks, who's famous to me for producing Pocketful of Sunshine by Natasha Bedingfield. No <laughs> Another shit. great fucking I'm song. I'm a huge Natasha Dude, Bedingfield Do me too. Fan. We never talked like about this. Like that era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, she had a great era. That song Unwritten is amazing. Oh, and yeah. it's like, it, it, like it, I could hear it at any moment and feel like I'm in a shampoo commercial. Absolutely. I'm I didn't like, know you were a fan. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. We got, we, we'll do <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield song maybe next week. <laughs> this, was for, this was Miley Cyrus's first song to be released to country radio, which yeah. is funny because being a country star is her right by birth. I know, like sometimes <laughs> you forget, like, you know, Billy Ray is her is her dad. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell my heart, my breaking heart. I just don't think you'd understand. And if you tell my And he was listen, like I wasn't really like an I'm not adult. A huge fan of he him, was like yeah. kind of a joke yeah. a little bit. He was like the first iteration, I think, of like bro country. Yeah. Like my dad still refers to him as bro country. Yeah. And like Jason Aldean, he's like, I'm not into that bro country. I'm like, they've gone way past that yeah. by now. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I listen to that new Florida Georgia line song. It's like, how many times can they write that song? They oh, use the yeah. same snare sound for every record, I think. Yeah. There's but- <laughs> nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> the climb was rejected by a huge number of artists in Nashville. Really? Yeah, it was offered to, up to a ton of people. But Miley Cyrus and her people really liked the tune, and they, they just made it their own. I don't know that this song is as good if you have somebody else singing it. I agree. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's kind of like what we're saying. Like, her experience being an actress really helps her, like, perform a song a bit more dramatically. Yeah. 
Which is cool. And it's also the message of the song. Like, if mm-hmm. it's her first big song, it, it it's hard to be, like, a big country star and then sing about the climb. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you're already on top. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's more, it makes more sense for her who's just starting to sing yeah. this song. But you, it's also, like, you wouldn't wistfully sing about how the climb is what matters unless you reach the top sometimes. Good point. Like, if somebody, yeah, if somebody was just down on their luck, they wouldn't be, like... Oh, the journey is what really matters. It's right. like, that's only people who succeed say that shit. Because otherwise, right. the journey sucks. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> of the inspiration of the song, Jesse Alexander. That's Jesse with an I, by the way. Oh, it's important. Yeah, it's important. It's a, yeah. You got to make sure we <laughs> end and take that. She said, quote, I was just driving to work one day. It's just a typical day. Nothing really special about that day. And I just had this melody in my head. I couldn't get my co-writer, John Mabe, or my guitar fast enough because I just wanted to play what I was hearing. You know, we just kind of put it down pretty fast and didn't really think anything about it. The lyrics kind of started to come. I think for me, as kind of an underdog in the business, my co-writer was a song pl- plugger, just turned songwriter, and I'd had record deals and ups and downs in the music business. I think for both of us, we just came from a place of, you know, it's not a race, which I think this is really interesting thing. Like, I love when people write huge songs about what they're going through as a musician or like as a songwriter. So it's like, this song is kind of, it was written about her not really making it. Yeah. And she's like, well, it's like, maybe I'll do it one day. And she, she's like, I'll write a song about that. And then that shit was what really popped her off. She's a big time songwriter now. Yeah. Now she drives to work in her Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> she's like the climb. She just shows up to cook out at like four in the morning. Right, drugs. Right. She's like, the climb. I fucking wrote that shit. <laughs> There's going to be another mountain. And there better be a fucking milkshake out here. <laughs> no, she's probably pretty cool. Um, first thing I got to talk to you about Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hope these people, don't ever listen to this podcast so she's like i'm a christian right 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 i don't do that i just oppress people in other ways right, I, don't right. Yell, I don't yell at cookout employees <laughs> i just help everyone evade their taxes how do you how, with miley cyrus's weird voice how do you record a vocalist that's so strange because i don't i can't like pinpoint what it is about her voice that is unusual it's that it feels kind of like a 90 year old jewish woman talking yeah it's like they're they're it's, you made a, a comment about there not being a lot of backgrounds. Yeah. I think that's one thing you have to be conscious about is like if you do have a, an interesting tone, mm-hmm. maybe having backgrounds is not the greatest thing because it takes away from that tone. Yeah, and it's like it would feel weird if the back – because backgrounds are usually buttery and smooth. We don't yeah. usually have like – there are only a few instances I can think of where like background vocals being kind of terse and rough are like – part of the sound yeah so it would be weird if everyone's just like the climb yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but uh i think another thing is this style of like vocal delivery where Mm -hmm. you you're announcing your words but you're very lax on the consonants of the words oh okay it's very popular now yeah yeah you know so it's like you're not pronouncing the t's and the s's as hard as you would as if you were like speaking you know, English normally. Do you think Miley Cyrus was like at this point in her career, was she just like abusing drugs in the studio? No. You think she was smoking cigs though? No. No, not yet. Not yet. That that came later. Yeah. Later. (laughs) This, I'm more of a fan of this era. Yeah. yeah. It might make me more of Hannah Montana fan. Yeah. It's like, I do. I think what I like about her music is that every album cycle, she has at least a couple songs that I'm like, these are great songs. And they're like a little bit more interesting than like other songs of that era. Like this is kind of like what was going on in 2009 and like pop radio. It's like, I know 
Dave Matthews had a big record. Oh, nice. Big Whiskey in the Groove. Yeah, like, that, that was, was a really a big good record. record. That, like, made it to radio. I was so, like, it's so, like, dark-haired hipster at this point. I was, like, Band of Horses. That was, like, all I listened yeah, to. Yeah, Band of Horses was yeah, great. Yeah, 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 because, like, this is the year I graduated high school, so I'm mm-hmm. just trying to think, like, what... What was yeah. I listening to? It's hard to remember. I remember listening to this song though in my Volvo station wagon, like late at night, the coming Vav. home from a, from a gig. Yeah, and I just cranking it up and being like, I fucking love this song. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I like a good positive message. Like, it's like it seems cheesy, and it is. But cheese is good, you know? I, mean, shit's I, I delicious. love cheese. Yeah, yeah exactly. geez, that's a great point. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like, if you eat too much of it, maybe you can't take a shit. Right. But, like, it still tastes good. Yeah, you're not going to so, hate like, yourself yeah, while like, you're doing it. <laughs> Man, it's like, being part of, like, a country music lineage is really funny. Because, like, her her dad's Billy Ray Cyrus, and her, like, godmother is Dolly Parton. Yeah. Who's obviously, like, a big inf- influence and inspiration to her. Yeah. And, like, I think she's going to have, like, a really long successful career i don't like everything that she puts out well the whole rap and the very like I, but see over, i kind of liked that like, a little bit i can't get into that, that <laughs> i thought that sucks. stuff with mike will was cool that shit sucks yeah it was good it was it was like a nice opportunity to watch mike will just cook and like and just cash in yeah yeah i was i was happy to see him do that he was like that one in. with like juicy j and her yeah oh so horrible man <laughs> horrible. um juicy j uh rap like this same this. thing with that Dark Horse song, like yeah. just cashing in. Like, I'm just like, oh my god. Well, dude. it's like I like Miley Cyrus a lot more than Katy Perry, but I like Teenage Dream more than Dude. Teenage the, the Dream, Katy Perry is yeah, yeah. Like, I think really that's like good. one of my favorite songs. Really good. But it kind of reminds me of this one too, where it's just like, where's this come from? It's like there are these gems out there, and then and it's like you just have to be willing to be open to listening to something that maybe you know, if you're like a big overweight hairy Jewish guy. <laughs> You're like, well, maybe I will never try to enjoy Miley Cyrus. But then when you pop it on, you're like, God damn, this shit is it's fire. Good. Yeah, it yeah. really is good. Last question I got to ask. How do you make a piano sound cohesive? Because when you play a piano, it ha- it's very dynamic, which means that it's loud, soft. There's yeah. a, The frequency ranges are very wide. In fact, the, the actual name of a piano, I think, is piano something, something, something forte. Oh, nice. Right? <laughs> so, like, it's, it's, the, it, it's like... It was supposed to be able to cover all the dynamic ranges as like denoted by those like Italian words, which yes. you probably learn at the Duolingo s- stories, yes, yes, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, how do you get it to sound consistent, but also sound like itself? It really, I tell you what, it, it's the same thing like guitar. Someone that really knows how to play it and mm. articulate on it yeah. is a, it's, it's so different. Like piano really is... Um, an expressive instrument, even though you're just kind of hitting a key and it produces yeah. a sound. There's so many different ways to play the chords, play the keys, play the voicings, and then you have the pedals on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then there's a hundred different ways to mic the piano. It's a very expressive way. And in this recording, it's just number one, a brilliant probably piano. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or a brilliant MIDI patch. It sounds Who great. Knows? And it's a brilliant player. And it's just captured well. It mixed great. When we when we were recording a bunch of records at Ocean Way in Nashville, there would always be this kind of like chubby, hairy dude who'd come into the studio without shoes on. <laughs> and his job was tuning all the pianos there. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I, like we went to lunch with him and we're like eating barbecue. He's like, yeah, I make like about 150K a year just tuning pianos. Oh, yeah. And like, I was like, you know what? You deserve it, dude. Because yeah. these pianos sound fucking amazing. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. They, need, they need to be tuned. Like every day. Yeah. 
for for what these guys are doing. Yeah, because that has to be perfect. Yeah, like if you're paying if you're paying this guy eight hundred dollars to come in and, and play mm-hmm. on your songs, you better make sure that the piano's in yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> you know? The piano is my favorite part about the song, but I do like that little arrangement part, and it's like that magic, the dun, the dream theater part. Dream theater, yeah. You only get that if you have a band that plays a lot of country music and listens to a lot of country music, and these guys do it all day. I mean, it's their job. I yeah. always respected that about Nashville dudes. They took studying music very seriously oh they don't, yeah they're just like not waiting for inspiration they can make it well because there's someone literally knocking at the door ready to take your job yeah, yeah which is why sometimes they say you have to wait for someone to die yeah in order to get in the door that's like my my whole life philosophy <laughs> you gotta being wait. a musician but i mean but, it's, but that, that's how it is up there yeah, like, you gotta be patient these guys are old guys yeah they're not like some young high mm-hmm. school ripping dude these like it's yeah, like yeah. these guys are probably like in their 50s mm-hmm. and they're just fucking have been doing it for 30 years yeah they they know they know it's all about the climb. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Tell your friends about this podcast. Rate and review us. iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I don't know if you can do that on Spotify, but put us on playlist with Lana Del Rey. <laughs> We're on Instagram, Patreon. We also have a playlist on Spotify with all the songs and episodes from season one and season two. Let us know what songs you want us to do episodes about. Um, yeah. Could you imagine like you're listening to like a song playlist and all of a sudden it's like us talking? It's on like yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're just like you're listening to the baby radio right, and it's like right. Merle Haggard. Gonna keep my head held high. There's always gonna be another mountain. I'm always gonna. Want